Hi, welcome to Hot Topics Live, the show, the podcast. I'm Kia Baker. I am the creator and host of the Female Veterans Podcast, Woman Warrior Stories for the Veterans Channel, and Success Coach, or Performance Coach, if you will, at London Real Academy. And today, next to me, I have my number one, my sensational, amazing, talented, and beautiful co-host, Gloria Goldberg. Thank you so much, Kia, to invite me here today. Again, I'm so happy. So I'm Gloria Goldberg. I'm the founder and the creator of the podcast, Unbreakable Life with Glory, where I talk about depression, anxiety, and PTSD in a holistic way and natural way to always make you feel better. And also, I'm the founder and the the host of the bilingual show, The Gloria, where also I talk about the depression, anxiety, and PTSD in a natural way and a holistic way to always make you feel better. Uh, I love that. I love that you are just still doing your thing and being amazing and helping people to heal. Yes, I'm so happy, Kia. And also, I'm very happy to be here. You know, it's like, a, it's, on, it's an honor when you ask me, I said, oh, this is so awesome. Of course, Kia, everything, whatever with you, I, I'm, I'm here. Oh, because we have fun. That's the whole yes. name of the game with us. Yes. <laughs> it's about having fun. So tell me, catch me up. What have you been up to? Oh my God, Kia, I'm being so busy. You don't have no idea. Doing my show, writing my book, eh, having this eh, meetings with my my coach writer and um, looking for a house. And it's like, I've been already for two months, Kia, looking for a house. And, mm-hmm. and I almost like, okay, I got it. No, it's like, it's so much work. But you know what? I'm glad. Because my place is going to be there and somewhere. So I just need to, I'm practicing the patience. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's good because, you know, when you have things in life, it's not about what you're doing. It's what you're learning through the, the, uh, the journey that you are in. So right now mm-hmm. I'm learning to be patient. I know that feeling. I am also (laughs) learning to be patient (laughs) myself right now. Um, But uh, I know that you're going to find a beautiful house and I can't wait to see it when you do. Yeah, so you can come and and be with me here in (laughs) Florida and we can podcast from here. Yeah, I'm definitely coming. I'm definitely coming. I actually have, I'm planning a trip um, in possibly even May. So yeah, by yeah, there, by that, I already have my home. <laughs> yeah, I already yeah. have a home. Yes. Yeah. I have that in mind. So my little one wants to go to Disney and I was going to take him to Disneyland here, but I thought, why mm. not combine the trip and just go in Florida and he can go to Disney and we can visit family and I can come see you and hang out. Yes. And it would be like getting as much squeezed into that one trip as possible. And now so, in the yeah. in the area that I'm looking there where I want to live, it's just in the middle. So it will be halfway to Miami and halfway to Orlando. So it's going to be also mm. good for you. And that'll be perfect. And yes. I also have family somewhere around there in Port St. Lucie, my kids' cousins. So that'll be I'm nice. looking for <laughs> for Vero Beach right now and Jupiter. Not Port St. Lucie is mm-hmm. out. But mm-hmm. Vero Beach and, and, and uh, Jupiter, that's the areas that I am tempted to live. Uh, let's see. 
Oh, well, I'm excited for you. And I know that everything is going to turn out beautifully for you because it always does. It might right. seem like a tough moment and that's for everyone. Yes, you may, I'm you going feel to like a tough moment, But if you, if you focus on what's good, what you can find good, then you will attract more of that into your life. And the outcome always ends up exactly where you need to be or you, you learn something you needed to learn. Yes. Right. So, so today's a very special day, Kia. It is. For many reasons, right? <laughs> yes, it is. We're going to talk. We're going to talk about Veterans Day. Because, you know, I'm a yes. veteran. I'm a yes. very, very proud United States Navy veteran. I have a Navy shirt on. You can't see it just yet. But um, I am so excited always for Veterans Day because people get confused. Memorial Day is a day for remembrance. It's remembering all of those who gave their life while serving. But right. Veterans Day, and of course we think of veterans, people think of veterans right away, but really it's about those who died while serving. Oh, I now, didn't know that difference. Yeah, there's a difference. Oh. <laughs> and, and so that's Memorial Day. Okay. Um, so Veterans Day is about everyone who has served in the military. So this is my day. <laughs> ah. I earned the ability to celebrate this day. And I thought it would be really amazing if we brought our friend Simon, who is um, from the UK and he served in the Marines there. And I don't know much about serving in the UK, obviously. <laughs> so I wanna know more. And I thought it would be interesting to talk stories and find out what it was like. Hi, George. Yes, that's just awesome because it's gonna be two concepts, maybe, maybe different, maybe not. But it's the same. There are two veterans mm -hmm. from two different countries. Mm -hmm. And we've got a guy, we've got a girl, different perspectives, different experiences. Awesome. We've got Marines, we got Navy. In the United States, the Navy takes care of the Marines. So I wonder if it's the same in the UK. I know nothing and I'm so excited yes. to learn everything. Uh -huh. Yes. So, yeah, I'm excited. You know, because you know what I do is interview veterans. That's like right. my passion right. of life. <laughs> so, oh, then you know, your podcasts, women warrior stories, all of that. Yeah, yeah. the your podcast is 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 only about you know military people or they mm -hmm. serve to the countries and and you already done like a over overseas right other other soldiers overseas. Canada. I've oh, interviewed okay. women from Canada, but if you are a woman who has served in the military from anywhere around the world, or you know someone, if you're watching this and you know someone who is a female who served anywhere in the world, I want to interview that woman. If we can, I don't care if we need to get a translator, but <laughs> if we can have a conversation, most people speak English, a lot of people do, you know? Right. Um, so uh, it would be great to have that conversation and find out what the experiences was. Because uh, I think there's a culture of silence that veterans don't often talk to you about what they had, what happened to them or what they experienced because uh, a lot of times we feel like a civilian will not completely understand, right? Oh, yes. Or sometimes it's been pretty tragic or dramatic or stressful experiences that we prefer to leave where they are right and we don't want to necessarily talk about it okay and, so and what it, why is that is is it because they are afraid or 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 it's something that it's painful oh so it's just kind of like i don't want to talk oh. about it because you know i might have lost people i i loved i cared about you know it, it's it's too much oh sometimes it is better to talk about it but sometimes yes. 
it just feels like too much in the in the moment and we all have to get there when we're ready. So I have some people who turn me down for interviews because they're just not ready to share their story yet. But the overwhelming majority tend to tell me that sharing their story was cathartic and helped them heal in some way if healing was needed. So wow. yeah, I love it. I love it. So let's get this show yes, on start. the road. And I would just want to say really quickly, a shout out um, to Grunt Style. Uh, Grunt Style is an organization here in the United States. They are an apparel company and they are founded by veterans. They're staffed by veterans and they make clothing for veterans like this. Hold on. Let me take this banner off so you can see this t-shirt that I'm wearing. Um Hold on, let me find it. Okay, so you can see this t-shirt I'm wearing. It says United States Navy on it. It's got like a flag. Yeah. They represent the ability to um, have firearms, right? So, you know, I'm, I, I, let's get this out in the open right now. I um, support <laughs> the right for people to have their firearms. I just really think it's important that we pre-screen and we make it as safe as possible because, you yes. know, we have a lot of mass casualties in this country all the time. So people who are not, you know, mentally um, capable of having firearms probably shouldn't have them. I shouldn't have access. Right. Yes. Other people should. So they really um, believe in, in that. And I like that. And, um, and so we vibe and I like their clothing. I have a whole, they sent me a whole bunch of stuff <laughs> and it's so cute. So I'm going to be wearing it and you can go get it. If you like it, it's at gruntstyle.com and you can use my code Baker to get it. Awesome. So, yeah. So then they'll know that I sent you and give you a discount. So <laughs> I'll put it in the notes later on. Um, I'll talk about it again later, but, um, I'm excited for that. So <laughs> I thought That's I'd share awesome. it. It's cute. It's so cute. This is navy. It's very cute. Yeah. Repping my branch today. So let's bring in Simon. Yes. Hi, ladies. Hi, Simon. Hi, Kia. So, Simon, uh, and in case people have forgotten, because if you've been on Hot Topics quite a few times, yes, and anyone who wants to see more about you can go on to our Hot Topics Live Facebook page um, or our YouTube channel, Hot Topics Live. And um, go back through the episodes and they will find all of your episodes. I think you've been on like five. It's quite a few. And um, But for those of, who are just tuning in now and they haven't seen your other episodes, tell us like what, what is Taxi Chronicles and what you're up to right now with well, the podcasters and me. Taxi Chronicles is something that kind of naturally formed itself really um, as a, Uber driver, I do Uber since I've come back to live in England. Um, people always telling you stories, always talking about their life problems, a bit like people acquainted to being a hairdresser, where you know you involuntarily get told stuff that you don't necessarily know, you don't want to know. But um, then I realized everybody who sits in that seat, especially as an adult, has a, a life story. They say you have three life stories within you as an adult. And Whatever you do, whether you're a dustman or you're a high banker or even a politician, you know the rule of 10,000 hours, you're a master. So I thought, well, it's a great platform for people to be able to share their gift. And I just asked them if they're willing to do an interview. And um, they do interview for no longer than the time of the journey. It's audio only. 
Um, and they just talk about their industry. I've had people who talk about being bankers and politicians and police, even some of the underworld, drug dealers, working girls. Um, I've had people wanted for murder. People want to run from the police. I've had all kinds of things. And I've had some <laughs> like unusual professions. There's a guy who sells jets to billionaires. And then, then you get some heartfelt stories where people talked about they were kidnapped or they're dealing with breast cancer and how they overcome it and the family support. And Or a, there's a girl whose sister sadly killed herself. She was a teenager, both teenagers. And she just talk, she just spoke about it. And it, it was, um, I know it's more than I expected it to be because when a lot of people say, uh, when it's something personal, that was good. That felt like therapy. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And um, that really makes your day. It makes you think, well, um, I don't plan on being an Uber driver for the rest of my life. <laughs> but it's like, I would like to just carry this on. Even if I do one day we can get in five good interviews, just to allow people to express themselves. Because some people sit down in that seat and they just start offload straight mm -hmm. away. And the most interesting case I've had recently where a young girl, late teens, early 20s, asked me why she shouldn't kill herself. So I, I was really like on the spot, as, as, as using a cricket term, it knocks you for six. And I had to like think of something to say. And I, I, and I you know, I actually said, um, remember jo Joe Ingram um, from uh, the London Reel? He, mm -hmm. he, he said, so he taught me something. And basically I put it on her. I said, well, first of all, you're a beautiful young lady and somebody wants to make you uh, a a wife and have children be happy, probably more than one man. And then on the other side, there's, there's some people out there who need you in life. They may not need you right now, but they need you down the line. And you could really help them change their life around. And who are you to take that from them? Don't be selfish. And then she actually went, thanks a lot. I never looked at it like that. I feel better. And I was like, thank God. <laughs> Did I pass? Because you know, you know what it's like. Did you see the life? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> well, I just I thought there's a bit of love and a bit of tough love love and just spray it out there. And you know, if she's feeling any bad, she can't feel worse really if she's hit that rock bottom. She can only look up, you know. Yeah. Luke Brown said if you fall down, fall down on your back, so you can look if you can look up, you can get up. Yeah, that yeah. yeah. But you know, you said something very, very uh, interesting when you say to me about Uber. You said, oh, I'm not going to be uh, working for Uber for, for, for long. But in, in the end, you're doing your mission working. And maybe eventually you don't need to work for Uber, but maybe Uber, you will be the representation for Uber so you can do your podcast. Because once you've, you don't work anymore for Uber, let's see, mm -hmm. you're not going to have a, this kind of story. So at the mm -hmm. end you're working for Uber, you can do your podcast and yeah. you're creating and helping all these lives. So think about it, that maybe it's not that bad to be an Uber driver because you are mm. creating life and mm. you are helping people through driving your Uber and making later on a lot of money with yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see an issue in the fact of working for Uber. What it is, my plans, I come from children's home. So my mm -hmm. plan is to help orphans help children i have a community interest company called aspire youth africa which i'm in the process of pushing out and that's been my main aim because you can help you know if you want to make a society better you deal with the younger more than the older of course you know, um, yes. in that respect. it's like dealing with women 
instead of men because you educate a woman, help a woman, you help a nation, you help a man, you help an individual. <laughs> so it's one of those kind of things where you just look at it and you say, okay. But, you know, if I can juggle, I don't know what the future holds, to see what happens and dive in then, enjoy the journey of life. But you are right now, you are in the mission right now. You are on the mission. So what you need to do is just be there and keep doing what you're doing because the doors that you are made to be open, you're going to open eventually. But right now you are in your path because you are illuminating lives through listening to them and for you to give your perspective in a way that probably never never know and you're the angel for them that day so you constantly touching life every single day okay that's Thank true it's beautiful just out mm. there saving lives <laughs> yes yes you are doing it you are in the mission right now i'm also learning a lot um, of course I, I, there's some entrepreneur guy and i and i play I always play a game i like to try and guess what people do by usually by looking at their shoes but one um, doctor said to me today, he said, does it work the same for women as it does for men? Well, that's very <laughs> interesting because obviously women wear fancy shoes regardless, um, unless they're on their feet all day. And I thought, I never really thought about that. Um, but um, but I, I have been quite good at guessing, um, guessing entrepreneurs from key workers, what we call key workers, um, hospital staff and things like that, um, and down to corporate people corporate people on the weekend, they even dress like they could go into the office unless they're in the gym gear. It's something about them, you know, always trying to fit in in a formal way. <laughs> it's just you learn a lot about people and how to do it. A people. lot. Yeah. You're mastering. You're mastering for something big is coming for you. Thank you. You know what I think? I think um, it's a lot like being in the military, actually. It's a, another way that you're serving um, your yes. country, humanity, by, you know, just like Gloria said, by being of service through listening and through, you know, helping them to think of things from a different perspective, which is what I hope Hot Topics Live does for people, um, give them no, different No, <laughs> remember, we don't hope. We, we, we say yes. We, Hot Topics we do. do that. Topics does that. It helps. It helps people. Yes. So, Simon, uh, you were in uh, the yeah. Royal Marines. Yeah. And I am dying to know what that was like for you. Well, a Royal Marine is a Arctic warfare soldier, or Marine, as you put it. And um, just to give a bit of history of Royal Marines, um, date back to the 28th of October, 1664. Um, first were assigned um, in the Empire days where the British ruled the seas through vessels and you would have press gangs. So press gangs where you, let's say, you take a drunken person from a port, knock him over the head, put him on a vessel, and then he'll be a deckhand for <laughs> as long as we get. And That's so kidnapping! Yeah, yeah, and what happened, um, it wasn't that common, but it was common. This was nothing to do with the Royal Marines. The Royal Marines' job was actually a sniper and to protect um, the officers. Mm -hmm. So officers would have strict regimes of, you know, cleanliness is next to godliness and everything on the vessel. And it'd be, you know, working on a ship in those days is hard. Rough hands and, you know, people fall over the board, they can't swim and all the rest of it. And 
stocks would run out, rotten food and what have you. So mutiny could be quite common. So you'd have the Royal Marines whose job was to guard, uh, look after the officers when they're sleeping and all of these kind of things. So what used to happen, that when they come to mutiny, they come up behind you and try and... Slaughter them. Yeah. So what you think, we have these leather, leather boots. You know, most of the clothes that women wear today are originally designed for men. And then women have just taken them <laughs> and stopped wearing them. So those leather boots, they're kind of horse riding boots, I'm not sure, yeah? Mm -hmm. We wore them, so you cut, there's really tough leather. You cut the top bit off, like a vicar's collar, put it around your neck, and then you put a cloth around it there. So when they come to slit your thing, oh. it protects your neck because you've got the tough leather and you've got the cloth. And then you can get in and do it in. And also, when we was fighting the French, Spanish, you go up in the in the sails and act as snipers, taking out vital uh, people, officers, whatever in the other ship. So that was the main job. And then over the years, it's um, moved on to various other things. But um, originally, I actually joined the the army. I joined the reserves or the TA, which is like um, your national guard. Mm -hmm. And uh, I realised quite quickly I wanted, um, I've always been quite physical or very physical and um, I wanted more out of that. And um, our Marines come under the Navy as yours does because yours is modelled on us. Um, your, your Navy is, um, your Marine's birthday was 1775, obviously around independence time because your military is modelled on our military style and um so yeah it's just we just it's just like that we have the longest infantry training program in the world 32 weeks it's a long endurance very Jesus hard Christ. Yeah. <laughs> then, even then after that end of the military training program you still got to do your specialists so you could be the comms you could be heavy weapons you know you could be the amphibious with the coxswain and all these different roles. But the idea is that you can do wind, wind, Arctic warfare. So we've gone to Norway in the Arctic Circle. It's quite nice. You see the stars. Uh, the, um, the, um, Aurora it, Borealis. You've seen the Northern Lights and everything. Um, but really. you're skiing. You're living on skis, basically. But the skis are very narrow. They're hiking skis. And if you're not used to the snow and you're a heavy guy, you fall off that ski. Some snow is is deep and as you fall in you just get buried it's when you say you get buried like it's like you fell into a bucket you have to get your friends to help you out and then you oh. have to come onto the skis put the bergen back on that big backpack and then you, what usually happens you fall off again the other side <laughs> it's very emotional very very emotional so that's some of the training and then you've got the jungle warfare and um you're because you're work with the navy you've got to be able to um, do a lot of things from amphibious landings mm -hmm. and yeah there's a lot of different things the abseiling what climbing I, I would say we're equivalent to rangers mm. so special forces yeah for our military we wouldn't call ourselves special forces we're just commandos but the, i know america's with special forces that you use that more of a wider term <laughs> well, yes we, perhaps we, we, we're very niche down Niche, mm -hmm. niche down. We, there's three tiers for special forces um, mm -hmm. SAS, SBS, um, SRR, which is special reconnaissance, and you've got um, 
SFSG special support group who help the special forces. So if let's say your equivalent to your Navy SEALs was going in to take out whoever or capture, you would use your Rangers to support the Navy SEALs. We would use our SFS support group to support um, the SAS, for instance, or SBS. Mm, interesting. Wow. So I have a question for you both. Um, and both, I, I guess they, you guys have you guys have to go to boot camp, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. How Kia for you in the in the United States boot camps? How long is that? Eight weeks. And what about you, Simon? Thirty-two weeks. Thirty-two, right? Thirty-two weeks. That's mm. crazy. <laughs> but there's a lot going on because they want a pedigree. Because mm -hmm. um, is it? And I, I have to ask this: Is it? We don't have women in our regiment. Mm -hmm. There's no women in the Royal Marines. And what is so, that? What What you think is that? Because you, we have a slogan: 99.9% need not apply. So they want the best of the best for men. That kind of rules out women. Why? Because, because bear with me, bear with me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was like, okay, why? why? Right, mm -hmm. right, let me put it like this: if you're if someone burgles a hat, if, if you hear noise in the house and you're with your husband, you're not telling him to stay in the bed and go downstairs. Depends. What if you don't have a husband? Okay, that's different. And you have a burglar yeah, in the that's house. That's different because obviously you've got to, it's a matter of survival. You've got to go do it. But in this case, <laughs> we have a husband because when you have a nation, you have many husbands. Mm. You don't put the most vulnerable people and the most precious people because... And if you're going to save people, it's always women and children first. Right. You hear that term? They're the most precious. Men, we're expendable. You look after women and children. You don't hit women. You, 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 you know, you uplift them. They're better. They're your better half in every way. You have empathy, compassion, and all the things that we don't have. We're that kind of robust, blah, 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 blah. And we're expendable. So if we're saying we want the best of the best in men, then it does rule out everybody else who's a bit weaker if not a lot weaker. And then realistically, biologically, men have 60% upper body strength than women. Of course, yes. So why would you put someone who's not up that standard there? Now, there's a difference when you've got, there's a, I spoke about SRR, Special Reconnaissance Regiment. Now, they have women, because women can use very, they're like, that's like, um, like your CIA when you're finding stuff mm -hmm. out. Like they mm -hmm. got weapons and stuff. Um, well, you're you're everyone has weapons in America, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but women can use their femininity to find that information and get where men generally couldn't. Mm -hmm. So that makes sense. But if you're going on a full scale like a pub fight or a saloon fight, you're not going to throw. Do you see what I mean? I, I kind of get, like get it, but I do. Think I, I, get I get it. I get it. I get it. No, maybe it's just my feminine yeah, but energy. Um, but I just I do think there are some women that could that could do uh, it. I understand what you're saying. And what my thing is this. Do you ever watch MMA, the UFC? Yeah. You know, there's there's that tons lady. of women in there. Yeah, <laughs> you're right, you're right. But they fight in the women's league. Mm -hmm. Right. Except for a reason, isn't it? Yes. That's basically okay. what I said earlier on. Now there was that transgender fighter and he fought the top woman and the woman got battered. And she said, basically, 
I've never been hit like that in my life before because she's never been hit by a man. She said, basically, I'll just fight to the man who doesn't have his male parts because he still mm -hmm. has his whole testosterone thing. Kind of, so you're taking the most elite combat sportswoman fighter and she's saying, listen, I was out of my league. So if you, if, if she can admit that, then regardless of you being able to maybe pass the training to actually do the job on a day when there's no whole bars, it's a different thing. You and that's not being sexist because I have a daughter no. and I want her to be able to do everything she wants to do. But in realistic terms, I'm saying some things you may not be at an advantage at. I can right. admit I'm not the most academic, but physically I'm quite, you know, I'm quite up there. And I can mm -hmm. accept that. So do you see what I mean? Mm -hmm. And you know, the way you say it, in listening to you, I didn't take it as a feminist or, or why women, you exclude women. You know, I feel like, oh, you guys are protecting us. Wow, they are giving us the position of, they are taking care of us. And mm -hmm. we are more, like, we are intelligent. We, we, are, we have more other things that we are good to do. And that's why you guys put us to do. And your case, like you say, the physical part is true. Even we, the more stronger women, a man always going to be over, you know, the, the physical power is more stronger than a woman. And I don't take it the way like mm. feminist or whatever, but I, I take it like, a, wow, they are taking care of us. And mm. thank God for that, because we have strong men protecting, protecting mm. us. Because if you guys going to fight with other, other countries or whatever situation, you're going to fight with men, not with women. Well, so so, I get it. So I might have. I'm sorry, um, Kia. I just want to point something out what Gloria said. We're not holding people back. It's something that's been since the dawn of time. It's practicalities. If you're very good at hunting, gathering, that's what you do. If you're good at um, looking after kids, that we do. It was all practicalities. And that's when it comes to survival that's what it really comes back to. It's not about, I'm not letting you do this, but you can do that. It's practicalities. Do you see what I mean? So um, I get it. I get it. You're saying you got to play to your strengths, right? Yeah, thank you. And, and perhaps for, and the opinion is that many women are, don't have the strength, but there are those anomalies, right? Like you yes. brought up MMA, Let's talk about, I was involved in the world of WWE many, many years ago mm -hmm. when I was young. And um, anyone who knows about pro wrestling remembers the legend China and mm -hmm. met a few other women that came behind her in that industry that could go toe to toe with men. So you do have these anomalies that come along. You know what, kid? <laughs> they're, they're very aware. I'm, I'm, they're, I'm saying you, they're I'm very like, you. very limited. I'm not saying thing? it's 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 no. everyone. Yeah. I'm just saying that there are some people who could come along who right. have more strength, who have more ability, who, who a woman that might be able to do the job. All That's right. all I'm saying. Yeah. Mm. Yes. You've been in the military. Mm -hmm. You've done tours. Yeah. Uh, two questions. First of all, that woman you just spoke about, did she ever fight men? Yes. In That's men why I brought field? her up. Okay. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. The other thing has, have you ever had to fight for your life? Mm. Me? Yes. Okay. Really? Yes. Okay. So 
well, obviously you're still here, so you succeeded. Yes. Well done, well done. But my thing, all I'm saying is to, to you or to anybody really, because it's not about gender. I've been with some men who are not fit to be with us. Of that course. was going to be my next point. Yeah. Of and course. Because <laughs> I saw it in the military all the time. Yeah. Well, when I, was I also there. have to look at the realism. If I'm, if I've got sixty percent upper body strength, the women, and I'm a, you know, quite a big guy, then that cuts out all women, and it cuts out all weaker men. Do you understand? Yeah. I, I totally, I totally. So even if you do have an elite woman, she's you, what you're saying. What you're, what you're really thinking. What you're saying really is. Okay, even if she's elite, she's gonna she's increased her physical capabilities up to sixty percent, and then more because if she's increased up to sixty percent, she's matching with the average man, which is a big shift. Right. Then if I actually exercise and do what I'm doing, I've increased mine up a percentage, so she's still going to be behind me. Mm -hmm. Do you see? Do you see what I'm saying? This is yes. this is biology. This is not me. Mm -hmm. No, I get. I totally what get I'm what saying. you're saying. I'm just saying that I don't think it is impossible for a woman to get to a point where she could contend. I'm not saying she could be the best person, perhaps, mm -hmm. in the whole unit. But I'm saying I think she could be, just because we haven't seen it yet, doesn't mean it's impossible. Right. Because so, nothing is impossible. So oh, that, so that, so that area of the military that supposedly is not women, they should maybe allow women that they think they can do that and, and try and all right, see. I, all right, put it this way. And Kia, I know your mum, Gloria, I don't know if you're a mother. Yes, I'm a yes, mum. And I'm going to be a grandma soon. Say, <laughs> congratulations. Welcome to the grandparenthood. <laughs> I've got two grandchildren. Um, what I'm saying is this. You've got your children. If your son, assuming you've got sons, is going into war, you want the best of the best because you want him to come back the same yes. way he left you. Yes. You don't want anybody telling you for equal opportunities, we've got to send Jane or we've got to send Billy who's a bit weak. You just say, no, if he's not the best, he's not going with my son. But if we're not talking about equal opportunity for the sake of equal opportunity. Okay. Right. My argument is based on if and when a woman should step forward and be able to do the job, she should be able to. Or even to let her to try. To, to try. See. Again, oh, if she doesn't oh, do it, she doesn't do it. No, but not, no, that's no, right. There's all right. There's lots of complications that comes into play. Um, <laughs> there's lots of complications that come. But remember this: I'm not ruling out women from the military. Full stop. Right. Because there's, as you know, Kia, there's many, many jobs. Because be we do a bomb ass job. Yeah, okay. You could be, <laughs> be a fighter pilot. There's lots of yeah. different jobs, and we have fighter pilot women. But when mm -hmm. you've got boots yes. on the ground going door to door, yeah, and executing the thing in our section, because we're first in, it's only men. Yes, and well. It's practical. That's I'm what I'm just saying. thinking it's of all the tested. marine females that I've interviewed. <laughs> no, <laughs> they're from the United them, States. We hate that guy that bitch. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not true. It's not true. It's not true. I get what you're saying. We've been doing this. Since 1664. Wait, maybe this is the time in 2021. <laughs> if it's not broken, don't fix it. Okay, that is one way of thinking. That's, no, because you're dealing with people's lives. It is true. We laugh and keep at the end of the day, you're dealing with people's lives, limbs, 
and mental stability. And we don't want to play around that. So if we've got something that's working. No, you, but, you, but you know, if sorry. I could just play devil's advocate a little bit more. <laughs> if, from that perspective, like back in the day in the United States where they didn't allow women to serve at all, except as maybe nurses, right? Mm -hmm. um, if they could have said, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I would have never served in the military. Well, all right, you've got to remember this. But the, jo the job is completely different. Yeah, well, I understand what you're saying here, too. I hear what you're saying here, and, 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 I, and I don't disagree with you in the sense that, yeah, we do move forward in showing, allow, because the military back in, let's say, 1775 was very different from what it is today. We've got well, automobiles, you. we've got you know, we've got lots of, we've got better communications, we've got morphine, we've got so many different things. Mm -hmm. So that's all have to be taken into consideration. But also, if you look at America's history, America's fought a lot of wars, but not on their own turf. This so your true. wars have been luxury wars. Yeah? Luxury wars. No, they have been. <laughs> oh, they have what we want, or whatever the reason, we're going over there. Mm. But when people come to your doorstep, it's another ball game. So mm -hmm. with luxury wars, yeah, you can afford just to send, well, kind of whatever. But when you're fighting on your doorstep, it becomes a different ball game. Yeah, because, because you don't know Russians, what's going to happen in the other side. Where you yeah, can... yeah, the Russians had a lot of great, some of their best snipers were women. Mm -hmm. And women are generally better snipers than men. But a sniper's job is a, quite a difficult job. Because you lie in, the, in that soil place for a couple of months, mm -hmm. waiting for that thing. Now, don't want to be too kind of personal when it comes to women, but she's going to have a monthly, dogs are going to smell her. Oh. All these other issues that come into place. Do you understand? She yes. may be pregnant and she didn't know. Gets all complicated. Keep it basic. Do you understand? That's yes. why... They do the eye test, the hearing test, anything. If you wear glasses, you're not coming in. If you can't hear certain things, you're not coming in. Do you see what I mean? Mm -hmm. If you can't do amount of push-ups, press-ups, you're not coming in. Now, they do have um, in the British military, certain sections of the military, women do less press-ups and sit-ups than men. Yeah, because they acknowledge that that role doesn't really um, demand. So it's not like an infantry role. Do you mm -hmm. understand? So we're just, they're going to be administration or medics in that section, blah, blah, blah. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, I definitely think you've got to play to your strengths. I've mm -hmm. definitely interviewed women who said, I didn't have the physical strength for the job that I was given in the military. And that was, you know, I damaged my body so mm -hmm. much of serving course. in the military. I've of definitely course. heard the story. So I'm not disqualifying in any way what mm -hmm. you're trying to say. But I'm just, you know, I know no, I, advocate I, a little bit. Okay, you know what? I understand your point because for yeah. many years, if you've been told or your people have been told that you, you're there's a limitation, you can't do this, you can't do that. You don't want to be. It's like it's like um, it's like someone said. I, I'm not political, not getting into politics, but it's like someone said. Well, Trump's got a point there, where the rhetoric is that Trump's always bad, meant to be bad. But he can have actually have a point there because this no one's true. bad all the time. 
So no. it's, that same, it's that same thing. Sorry. Where if, if you don't want to be told, if you want to be seen that the world is your oyster, but in realistic, you know in the back of your mind, oh, there are some limitations. I just don't want to hear it. No, I mean, we, I mean, certainly there are limitations. I mean, look at in the United States military, um, early in the military, up until like, what, the 40s, 50s era, if you were uh, considered Black or African American, you were only allowed to do menial jobs. Mm -hmm. Now, imagine, if you will, we all know who Neil... Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson is, right? Yeah. He's an astrophysicist. He's a genius. He's a celebrity scientist, right? He's a brilliant man. He's one of the most brilliant men in the history of the world, probably, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. Now imagine he entered the military in 1935 <laughs> and he had to be a janitor. No, no, I hear what you're saying about limitations, but there's a difference between there's fear what that was was fear there's um, a lot of the things with the race is fear if we teach them this then we know we've been bad to them that they're, they're going to come and conquer us they're going to take over us it's like the vietnam war they're scared a lot of the black americans coming back from the war are going to get disgruntled and realize that they should rise up and that was a fear from the i can't remember when i was watching one documentary american documentary that's a fear from like within the cia fbi kind of thing so then all the drugs came in because you've got the Black Panther movement mm -hmm. out of that. So there's like, oh, right. what are we going to do with all these? Because, you know, what, eight out of 10 soldiers uh, were black or mm -hmm. some Latino or some kind of color. And they've all been treated badly. <laughs> and they're coming home. Yeah. <laughs> and, and guns are rife in America. It's a remedy for disaster in the um, revolution. But so, you know, but we're obviously we're getting off the subject. But what I'm also interested to hear, Keir, is, about yourself, how was your time in the military? And what made you <laughs> want to join the military, first of all? My mom made me. <laughs> I actually, I actually, I joined the military at 17. I was a junior in high school and I knew that's what I was going to do. Um, they had this great program called the Montgomery GI Bill, as it was back then. And I wanted to go to college and I was in private school and a lot of my peers were, you know, selecting their colleges, doing college visits and things like that. And when I approached my family, we were very poor, very poor. And my mother said, I just, I can't afford that. And my dream for you was always to go to the military. I wanted to go and she couldn't, she had, she ended up, she aged out. And, um, and she couldn't go because she was pregnant. She gave me the best gift of my life, my little brother. And, but she gave up her dream to go to the military to give me my dream of having a little brother. And, um, and so I felt like, you know what, I will go to the military, but I will choose the branch that I want to serve in. And I met with a bunch of recruiters. I talked to every military representative that came on career day. <laughs> Um, and then I decided on the Navy because it seemed like the place to have the most fun. <laughs> and it was true. <laughs> so, well, you see the world. Yeah. 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 Well, well, the idea was, was to see the world. Yeah. yeah. It I have a cousin in the American Navy as well. You yeah. do? Yeah. Really? No, I do. I have a cousin. Yeah. He doesn't get much time off though. Yeah. I imagine these days it's very different than when I served. I served at the end of Desert Storm. I am dating myself, but I, I ain't mad. So my point is, <laughs> I so right, so time. right now is different. Like, like it's very different. Here? It's very different to serve now because so I guess 
I don't know if you can say we're really at peacetime here in the United States. Somebody tell me. I don't know. But <laughs> well, I know what you're just... saying. Yeah, I know what you're saying. <laughs> Technically, there's no war in in the news, but just like England, they're always called, we're always somewhere doing something. Probably that. We <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't know if we can really say that. But when I was serving, Desert Storm had come to a, a wrap. I went in as we were withdrawing. Okay, mm -hmm. and then so my tour was essentially sh all shore command. So I didn't deploy. I was very, I don't know if I was lucky or unlucky with that. I was stationed at one duty station at the training command because no one wanted to go there. It's the strictest command. They had just gone down to one boot camp, it's like centralized boot camp. And I was stationed at that base. So I did my boot camp there. I did my training, my follow-up training, my A school training there to be a hospital, uh, hospital corpsman, uh, medic, for people that don't know. And then I went on to staff there and I worked um, in, in the hospital. I worked in medical records for like mm -hmm. two years. And then I decided to transition into the pharmacy. I learned everything there was to learn about pharmaceuticals. And then I performed as a pharmacist while I was, mm -hmm. while I was mm -hmm. in. And I loved the job and I loved working in the hospital pharmacy. It was amazing. I did, I had a very good and bad experience in the military. So, and I saw a lot of things that sort of took away my naivete about yeah. the way the world works and the way governments work. And so um, it made me really, by the time I left there, I was really anti-establishment for a long time, for a mm. long time. But um, I had really an amazing experience until the day that I didn't. And then even after that, I managed to somehow get through it and and um, from there um, help other veterans, you know, after that. So what was what about you, Simon? Can you how was your is different before and now? Um, yeah, yeah, well, when I originally joined the military, I joined the, the, the army section where it was time of Kosovo, you know, Kosovo, mm, you, you mm, I remember. <laughs> and I actually had a chance to do a degree. And so I said to my regimental sergeant major, he's a short guy with a big old Indian tash, <laughs> the one that curl, um, from the old empire days. He, he, I said to him, sir, I'm not sure what I should do. Should I go off with the guy, side opportunity to go on, on tour um, and do the peacekeeping tour or do a degree? And he said to me, um, the British military will always be fighting wars. Um, go and get your degree, get your education. And if you still want to have fun, we'll be here when you get back. That was <laughs> Lovely. Last, yeah, that was his last day. In the in the military, he had done thirty three years, which is wow, was like um, eleven yeah. years longer than he should have been there. But he's an mm -hmm. old he's a, he's old and um, Falklands vet, you know. We fought mm -hmm. the Falklands, so he's a he's a hard guy, and um, very proud of the military. And that was probably one of the best career advice I've ever been given. And then when I came back, it was Afghan and Iraq time, and. Um, I did two tours of Afghan, so I'm an Afghan baby, they say. And um, I wish I'd done Iraq, though, but I know they're different beasts. 
but we went to Afghan when it was at its peak. And um, as the sergeant who's briefing all 2,000 of us in the auditorium, he said, Iraq is yesterday's war. <laughs> it's like yesterday's thing, like a 90201, he cracked a joke. <laughs> and and um, um, Afghan's where it's all happening, which in turn, everybody, the room was split down the middle with um, Afghan. Iraqi people going to Iraq on one side and people go to Afghan on the other side. So all the Iraqi people looked at us and go, you're not going to die. You're going to die. <laughs> There's that dark humor I, that yeah, you find in the military. military. <laughs> yeah, that, that. But you're going to die <laughs> because the casualty rate was high. But, you know, you go there, you have your fun, you do your thing, you come home in that spit. But um, what I was going to ask here, Boot camp, you spoke about boot camp. Was it everything that you expected it to be? And how did you mentally overcome? So I had no idea what boot camp was going to be like. I was very, very surprised um, because the recruiter explained it to me and nothing he told me was true. So, so, okay. So like I said, I joined when I was 17. So I had to wait until I graduated from high school to actually go in. Um, I had to meet the requirements actually was a little failing on some of the requirements and I had to take the time to get where I needed to be physically. Um, I had to get a waiver for my eyesight. So that made me ineligible to be an elite <laughs> sealer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not that they let women be seals by the way. <laughs> um, so, so um, I wouldn't have wanted to do that. So that's, I'm, I'm good. Um, I loved what I did in the military. I had no idea what I wanted to do, but I scored so high on the testing uh, to get in that they were like, you can pick whatever job you want to do. What do you want to do? And they were like, or you could go ROTC and go to officer's training and all of that. And I said, how because going to the military was not my idea, it was something I was doing sort of for my mom, just like to be a good girl <laughs> um, I, and to get my college money. Cause my dream was to go to college by the way, which I did do. And mm-hmm. I, I do have a master's degree. So I, but I just didn't get that campus vibe that I wanted. Um, mm-hmm. But I did it. And the military gave me that opportunity. So I'm very grateful for that. And I, um, I went in, I went in um, and I decided that the time that they were telling me that I had to owe the government um, to go to be an officer at at a 17 year old girl. I was like, okay, I'm doing the math. I'll get out of the military in my thirties. I'll be dead. Like I'll be so old. <laughs> and I was like, I don't, I can't do that. How much time do I, do I owe if I don't have to go to officer training school? And so it was significant. It was like half. So that's how I ended up making my decision to go in as enlisted instead of taking the opportunity to be an officer, which I don't regret. It's a completely different energy. Yeah. It's a completely different environment. And I absolutely loved it. Actually, I really loved it. And so I went in after um, after high school and I chose to go in to boot camp through the holidays because I knew that there would be a lot of downtime. See, I was calculating. I'm like, the, the holidays, nobody wants to work on Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's. So technically, I'll have less training time. And I was absolutely right because everyone's really? in a good mood at that time of year. So I, when I got to boot camp, I, they, I had to take a train. 
And when I arrived at the command, <laughs> oh, hi, sweetie. Thank you. <laughs> when I arrived at the really? command, I um, had this little round suitcase. I'll never forget. It was like a retro suitcase. And they gave you a list of things that you could bring with you to boot camp, like certain underwear, certain socks, certain, you know, things that you could bring from home. So this little suitcase and I rolled up to the command, I took two trains to get there and walked like half a mile <laughs> and showed up my little 18 year old self at the gate. And they were like, oh, great, a new Smurf because we wear these um, blue uh, sweatsuits and they're blue and yellow, just like what I'm wearing. And they call them Smurf suits when you first, or at least they did when, <laughs> when I went to boot camp. And so, um, so they got the new recruit and I went in and they put me in like a holding area because they didn't have a company for me. They were waiting for a company for this is what we called them back then. Mm. And um, so my company commander came in and found me. I was like sleeping because I waited for like four hours, which was a fortunate thing in retrospect because I didn't sleep again for I don't know when. <laughs> like, so, so I'd fall asleep because I traveled. And when I got up, they took me through in processing, right? And so, of course, the first thing they do, they form you up, they put you in formation, they march, they kind of explain this marching thing because we're all marching formation everywhere in boot camp, and they sort of get us in order and they go take us through this whole process. And the first thing they did was go through your stuff and send all of it home. <laughs> right? So they have you bring all this. It's like psychological, right? It's the first step. You, everything that you're comfortable with and familiar with that you brought from home gets sent away. You know what that's like? That's like <laughs> when um, there's a part of training at the end. I think was in the, was, I think it's special forces. No, it's is it Marines? I can't remember. It's one of our training systems, basically, and they give you a bunny rabbit to look after for a week. <laughs> I love that. And at the end, you have to kill and eat the bunny. Oh God! Oh, oh my God! No. You know what though? And I will sit here and I will sit here and tell you how horrible that is. Oh, and yeah. I have a rabbit. I love her. Her name is Bun Bun. She's all black. She's so fat. <laughs> I would kill and eat that rabbit if I had to for training, because that's what being in the military is like. Yeah. Wow! And as I sit here today, I will tell you that if I was in training and they told me at the end of training to kill and eat the fucking rabbit, I would do it because that's what oh. being in the military is like. And I don't care how much I bonded with that rabbit, how much I love that rabbit. I will do what's necessary because that's what you do when you're trained in the military. Wow. I would not be able to then. <laughs> See? Well, it's funny because that's my point about boot camp. It was, it was, you do what you rise, either you rise or you sink. So like I saw tons of big, strong, strapping boys and men crying and yeah. going up to mental health to tell them that they were not going to make it like they were to take their life if they didn't go home. But you right? know what they say? They say um, hard times create a strong nation. Good times create a weak nation. Mm -hmm. So what I believe right. the same thing that we're going through now, where we, the pedigree of Marine or soldier is not quite the same because you've got mm -hmm. the PlayStation generation. And mm -hmm. I would argue it's the same thing for the American military because, mm -hmm. um, oh, for instance, you've yes. got so much kit. You have so much kit. And it's all nice and Gucci, but when the kit's not there, you still need to be able to do your job. You can't mm -hmm. rely on a bit of the Humvee to take you from A to B. You've got to be willing to walk or hump or yump. You got to have grit. 
yeah, and just get in and do it. Um, in the Falklands, um, one of our vessels was um, cargo carrying vessels was taken out by the Argentinians and had all our vehicles on there. And the Falklands is not a big island, but it's big enough. And um, the Americans put in the newspaper, the war is over for the Brits, based mm. on the fact that our vessel was sunk. But we're like, guys, we've been doing this since way before <laughs> you was even thought of as a nation. And we, just, <laughs> we just picked up our kit and walked 100 miles in three days with all wow. kit. And then we got there, we got straight into the battle and won. Amazing. And you're carrying all the kit, all your ammunition, your mm -hmm. food, your water. But you should do what you have to do. Mm. So granted an unfair assumption, but should have been known better because we do what we have to do. When you're in this mm. situation, you 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 sink or swim. Mm. It's that is why a lot of veterans have PTSD, right? Because mm. we're we're put in these situations where it's it's fight or flight, and you're in that that mm. energy day after day after day after day mm. after day. And you either you either sink or you swim. Mm. You know, I am the kind of person where going through boot camp, I was surprised at, at, at a lot of it. We didn't train with guns when I went through at boot camp. We did gun training afterwards, mm. right? We um we gun quals. We you know why that is though. There's a very specific reason. They need to see your mental state of mind. It's wise because yeah. I, I saw a lot of people falling apart and crumbling and you are some people, th there are some adults going through that have joined later in life, obviously, but the majority of us that with me, we, we were twenties. I will say some people mm -hmm. were old, older in their twenties, but a lot of us were, I was uh, 19 when I actually mm -hmm. ended up. So I, I joined at 17, but I didn't leave till I was 19. I just mm -hmm. turned 19. And so I've been on my own since then. And the military gave me quite a lot of skills. I didn't always appreciate them while mm -hmm. I was in, but, um, but I will always be grateful for them and always very proud of my service. And for the people that I met while serving were some of the most incredible that I've met in my entire life. I'm still connected with many of them. And um, boot camp, boot camp was tough, but I will tell you the best thing about boot camp was the people I met for, from all over the country, from everywhere. Some of them have never seen a black person before. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it just from everywhere. And by the end of those eight weeks, you are family. And I was actually in a company that was half men, half women. So we were one of the first, I think mm. we're the third or fourth integrated company in the Navy. And so it was a very different experience. We were treated very differently. A lot of the other um, companies didn't like us. We're a 900 company. If you're in the Navy, you know what that is. Um, and it was a very special, more elite sort of unit. Um, and we had a lot of privileges that other people didn't have. So I ate a lot of cake in boot camp. <laughs> right? um, I had a very specific job. Um, we, we, our company was uh, in charge of putting on boot camp graduation. That was our job. Some people went to work in the mess hall for galley week. Mm. We, we, we were, um, so you're we did that. Based, really. So, yeah, so we did that and mm. we worked with the officers and my specific job in boot camp was to make Kool-Aid for the officers after after the graduation, so they can cut the cake and so and serve host. I hostess the mm -hmm. officers during boot camp every weekend. So after they were all cleared out, they would be like, "Okay, you can eat the leftover cake and drink the leftover Kool Aid." Mm -hmm. And so that was like the highlight mm -hmm. of my boot camp. Wow. But at the end, 
um, it was the most heartbreaking experience because you've become sisters with these women, with like 50 women. There were, I think, 100 of us or 90, close to 100 of us in the company and and half were women. So mm. they became like your sisters and many of them I've never seen again. You know what's so amazing about the military as a whole, whatever, wherever the country, that you can take people from all walks of life and after so many weeks, whether it's eight or 32, they can be willing to die for each other. Absolutely. That is that's, hands that's down incredible. Thing. There's no other experience where you could say that it matches what the military's capabilities are of doing that. But just something I wanted to mention was about the PTSD, or we call it MPTSD for military. Um, I watched a very interesting documentary, and this was just before I was going to Afghan, and they were talking about Iraq. And I remember um, they were talking about how the Americans were, it's an American documentary, and they're saying how people who come from ghettos or like trailer, you know, trailer mm. areas, what have you, they deal with the stresses of the military a lot better than people yes. who come from suburban areas. I've heard that. There's that idea that they have to run the gauntlet to get to school anyway. Mm -hmm. and all those kind of things and so they're just like well this is just like home you know at least mm -hmm. i've got guns and if i shoot anyone i don't have to worry about a cop <laughs> i i will tell you i've interviewed some women that were like going to the military was like a reprieve from home mm. right it was it no matter how tough the military was it was better than what they had come from you get fed well those yes you've got some law and order and some accountability and if you're coming from a broken home all that's out the, window. It's all out the window. Well, I never been in a military, and I grew up in a military environment with my father. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing about what I noticed about the military, I don't know about the American military, but in the British military, you can join when you're 15 and three quarters. Really? Because you no, get your, you get your, what we call a national insurance number, where you're allowed to work a certain amount of hours. And um, they pushed it down to that age because it's easier to program young people. Mm -hmm. Because even though it you're makes sense. Older, yeah, but the average age in the military is 15 and three quarters to 25. Mm -hmm. And those are the usual ages where people get themselves into trouble, problem, mm -hmm. and what have you. So I'm a big fan of national service. Whether it's national service like doing something, we have the national health service here. So there's some countries where you let's say the girls would do national service health ser national service for the health service and the boys would do national service for the military but i believe in regardless of how it works everybody should be doing something for their society their community for at least a year because also they find themselves they learn about respect and other things and meet other people and then you know you're just going to get a better society it's, it's going to be a win-win uh in respect and it also takes the pressure of the the government for, for pride in services because now um, you always got a whole heap of young people who can do any job because they're physically capable in that respect. So I'm a big fan of that. Mm. I do love That's it. Cool. Yes. I do love it. I think it's important to serve. It taught me a lot of things. A lot of people these days, they don't know what it's like to be on their own so young. Right. So it taught me to, to be responsible and to pay my bills and all of these things. So I was on my own and my first car, you know, 
had my first serious relationships, had my first apartment, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. all of these things I, I experienced while being in the United States Navy. And I had a lot of fun. In fact, I would just, would just like to say that I had probably more fun than any person should have while they're serving in the military. <laughs> so I feel very lucky and blessed that I got an honorable discharge <laughs> and, um, and and now can turn around and help other veterans who mm -hmm. have had um, rough experiences in the military share their stories and mm -hmm. also share the good ones. So people can get a actual picture of what service is like from the people who actually serve, mm -hmm. not from any propaganda. Mm -hmm. I'm, in, I'm interested to hear from you, Keir, the the psychological, apart from the suitcase, obviously sending your suitcase home, because I'll give you an instance. That's just the beginning. <laughs> when we're, when we're gonna do any exercise, if it's gonna be a weekend something, exercise or what have you, the first thing they do, they tell you to go and sit in the lake, and roll around in the lake, and it could be winter. And mm. then now we're gonna start do, going for a march. You don't know how long you're gonna march with your kit for, but you're gonna march. And it's just, everything was like really kind of breaking you down to say, this is what, mm -hmm. so what I found when I was in the, in Afghan and it was minus 55 and um, what I made a military, I made a mistake where I dug a bunker, like a, a foxhole as you guys would call it. I made it a bit too big, wide. So when I put the basher, the piece of plastic over, it didn't cover it totally. So it mm -hmm. rained in the night in the mm -hmm. desert thing. And the whole place would end up like a swimming pool. <laughs> oh, and I said, all my kit in these, but I had but I had done the waterproof bags properly. So all my kit was just floating. And the water was that far from the bed. So I had to get out in my boxer shorts and boots and a raincoat. And remember, it's really cold. I start digging a trench to get all the water out. <laughs> oh Solve my problem God. solving. Yeah, yeah. But you just had to get on because you're used to the you're used to being cold and wet. You're used to doing those things. So it's very, very good um, training. You know, you train hard, you fight easy. So I'm interested to hear what your experience were like. So I think for me, because I didn't deploy, um, my major training came, it was called field med or, or field fleet. Sorry, not field med. I was going to do field med. I opted out. Um, that's like sort of training to go with the Marines, field med. I went to fleet hospital training. So... I think that was probably my toughest, most grueling mental training, even more than boot camp, um, because it was in the desert, um, and it was and it was constant. Um, it it was a simulation, so it was a very very real wartime experience mm -hmm. that you went through for about a week, right? Wow. Mm -hmm. And so, however it would be, these are like the mash tents. If you watch the show Mash, this is like the setup, yeah, yeah, more yeah. high tech, obviously by by the '90s, right? But that was the setup where you shower in the little outside thing, and yeah. you like it, it, all the things that sort of break you down. Um, and you get used to you sleep on the rack and all in the tent and all of those things, and they have the propaganda going on outside, and they're dropping bombs, and you have to go through play bomb 
play bombs <laughs> and you have to go through and react and respond. I think that was probably the most intense training aside of boot camp, probably even more than boot camp. And going through the gas chamber repeatedly was really tough because th the thing about the gas chamber, a lot of people probably were like, ah, it's not that bad. But when I went through, you had to say your full name. Your name, rank, and number, isn't it? Well, we had to say your full name, first, middle, last, your rank, uh, and where you were from, like your hometown and state. Okay. And I, why? Why? Because that's part of the training. And so you uh. take off your mask, you, they fill it with gas, and you, you're in this enclosed room with no ventilation, and you take off your gas mask, and you have to say this while the gas is like everywhere. Okay. I think that's probably really because my name, I have four middle names, and they're all Arabic. <laughs> So they're long. And I'm, then I'm from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So, you know, it wasn't like Amy <laughs> Joe Smith, you know, no, New York, New York. No, it was like, my names are like eight, ten letters. You need okay. to say the first, the first name and the surname. No, they, they had, you had to say your full name and your state and your, <laughs> and your, your city. Mm. So by the end of it, everything, like every, all of your mucous membranes uh, begin up, working yeah, start like coming in. so like you're crying snot is running out of your nose drool is coming out of your mouth you're burning everywhere your skin's on fire it was just that was probably one of them and i had to do that three times oh my so, god um that was kind of the roughest one of the roughest psychological things um and then uh, the other thing that really bothered me i don't know if it bothered a lot of people but when they run the propaganda there's like someone talking in whatever foreign language is the opponent we'll say and they're telling you all this stuff like constantly 24 hours a day over a loudspeaker and it's just like <laughs> it's just like you either learn to tune it out completely or it will drive you a little bit crazy. You know what I mean? And so then you have to react, learn how to react to all these different simulations of things that can happen and what to do in those circumstances. And it's a lot. It's a lot to learn really quickly. And you have to move. Like you have to respond. You have to act really quickly. And you have to get the shit done. And um, it's like I said earlier, you either rise to the occasion or you fall apart. For me, I don't have an op option to fall apart. So in every situation that I was put in, I it was my personal goal to rise to that situation, to not give up and to, to exceed expectations. So, so, so Kia, I have a question for you. So when you said that you went three times to the gas uh, chamber, chamber it is? Mm -hmm. the first time you didn't know what was going to happen, right? No, so it got no. you by surprise. So mm -hmm. when you have to go for second and third one, what was your reaction before you know you have to do that? Shit! <laughs> <laughs> I'm a sailor, so I have a sailor's mouth. I try to keep it curbed, but it happens. Um, <laughs> no, um, yeah, that was, was my reaction <laughs> every time. But you just, that was it. That was it. It's like, I got to do this. I know, after you know what it is, you know what it is. You know it's going to suck. And you just suck it up. That is like the theme of my military career is something that we were told repeatedly in boot camp. It's actually the title of my upcoming book that I'm doing, my anthology series with this group of female veterans that are, we're each writing chapters, some chapters in this book. It's called Suck It Up because that is what we learned in the Navy. That's what 
I took away when the situation is not ideal, suck it up. It's like Jocko Willing says good. It's the same kind of concept. It's like, how do you suck it up when the circumstances seem so overwhelming and so like insurmountable and it feels like you're going to fail? You got to dig deep and you've got to just do it. Sometimes you have to switch off your mind and just act. And that's what I learned in the military. That is a great takeaway because it, 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 sa- it saves lives. It helps you achieve. And um, it just makes you be able to manage your, your emotions. Like sometimes you have to compartmentalize what you're feeling in the moment and just do the job and then unpack those feelings later. Wow, man. That's a lot of emotional thing. <laughs> you guys, we're at an hour and 12 minutes. Wow. <laughs> This was like a really, really dope conversation. We're going to have to have a part two, Simon, because I still have a million trillion questions to answer, to ask you about your service. Mm -hmm. Um, But before we wrap it up, we were talking before the show started about um, a a poppy. And I I would like for you to share what the poppy means for for, for veterans, for, for your country. The, the red, um, the poppy is a symbolization of like the end of the war and what happened, I, I, I believe, is either the Crimea War or the World War. Uh, and someone threw seeds down. Um, yeah, they were they threw seeds. Oh, no, that's sorry. I've got, I'm trying to make sure I get the story right. So I don't want anyone to come back and say you're wrong. When I think during the First World War, when the bodies were all decomposing in the ground, poppies started to pop up out of the ground. You know, a poppy is a red, it's like a, it's like mm-hmm. a flat rose with a black center. Mm-hmm. I love and them. That became a symbol. And then what they used to do is throw poppy seeds along the roots. So as you walk, it's just covered with poppies. Um, and that was a symbolization of the end of the war, peace, everything's over, we're back to normal. And um, every year, which is this like this time of year, this weekend, we have Remembrance Day, and it's about the end of the ending of the war. Um, and everybody wears a poppy, or you wear a ribbon with uh, the poppy symbols on. I should have a poppy on on that. I totally forgot. Uh, apologies for that, but um, yeah. It's it's a nice it's a nice um, thing. Yeah, that's and lovely. You usually pay like a pound or equivalent to a dollar to for a poppy, and that goes back to the veterans, um, people oh. who are military. So it's Beautiful. a big raising money for the military veterans. That's just awesome. That mm-hmm. is awesome. I I noticed Brian had a poppy on today yes. <laughs> at yeah, our because, live call yeah, that's exactly why Ryan Rose. Um, because obviously he's in, in London and um, yeah. yeah that respect so this has been great I had to talk to someone from from the UK um, one of my favorite places is actually where my surname comes from where a lot my ancestry comes from um, actually Kent sort of Windsor area out there. And um, so I feel very connected to the place. So I'm so glad you got to come today, Simon, and share. I just have one more question for you, Mm -hmm. if you don't mind. Um, 
you had, because I've just been stuck on this this whole time, 32 weeks of basic yes. training. Mm -hmm. 32 weeks. A lot. That's way, way more. And I understand that it's like a commando force. But what was your greatest takeaway from your experience of that? Um, if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. Yes. <laughs> um, and there's no point stopping now because you need to get the job done. At the end of the, we have a commando test the last two weeks um, consists of a nine mile run with kit um, also a 15 mile hike with all the big bergen and you have a 30 mile run with battlefield kit weapons ammunition and all of that and someone carries a sleeping bag other person carries a roll mat and a stretch and all these other things and you go across terrain english terrain and they find the worst terrain to run across something they call baby heads where you step on it and you sink into the ground up to your knee. I already got tired. Snows, <laughs> 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 it, it's sunny, you know, it's all man, it's windy, it's all manner of weather. And you're just running, running, running. And my eyes, I actually went start to go blue. I've never done something so hard running in my life like that, just running. And I was in my early 30s, about 32, where I was running with people who were 19. And Ooh. they, at the end, they looked like they could just do it again. And I was just like, that was hard. That was everything mm. hard. <laughs> that was hard. And I mm. fell asleep saying, I was saying we had a, I had a mate called, we called him Golden Bollocks. Um, <laughs> and I, it's, I was going like, God of bollocks. He goes, what Russian? I said, that was hard. I said, God of bollocks. He said, what? I went, that was, and that's how it went on all the time until I fell asleep. <laughs> and the idea is that you just need to, because they say, if you're going to give up on that 30 mile run, give up on the first mile, because the first mile is all uphill. And it's up a hill on a 35 degree. It's not anything. Wow. Yeah. So um, and you're in boots and combat jacket and everything, mm -hmm. and you're running. Excuse me. So they said after that, it doesn't make sense to give up because you're going to have to do it again later. So you might as well keep up. And sometimes I got left behind. So I was like the granddad of the group because I was old, 32 years oh, old. Oh, my God. Yeah. And um, I just run. I was just running. I didn't even know the route. I was just running. And then suddenly I saw them on the hill over there making my way, just running, catching up. As I caught them up, then they run off again because every four miles you stop to drink half a pint of juice, have a banana and a Cornish pasty. And the funny thing is, when you're running for that long, your stomach contracts really tight. So you can't really swallow. Your intestines contract, your stomach contracts, and your stomach's only as big as your fist. So if you put your fist up like that, that's how big your stomach is. Everyone's stomach's only as big as their fist. So I ended up storing the food in my cheek like a hamster. And, right <laughs> and then slowly, every, slowly I'd just swallow a bit. <laughs> just like that. But I went pale. I was just foaming at the mouth, the eyes. It was, all, it was very emotional, but it was great. When I look back, I, I laugh. It's all fun and games. It's great. Yeah, and wow. I can be very powerful. Yeah, I feel that too. Like you look back at it and you're like, you know what? So it, when I was experiencing, like I always say, I had a, such a great experience until the day I did it. Um, 
and even after that, it was it was kind of good. I just had to make some changes to make sure that I didn't go to the brig. But um, <laughs> but well, that's another story for another day. Well, I will say that I had did an interview with my girl Jillian. Um, she is the owner of um, Brave Original Designs. It's a sustainable clothing line that I get to like have input in sometimes. She's really awesome. And I did this interview on the Female Veterans Podcast. And um, it's a, a recent one, I think the last season, season six. And she was talking about duality. And she was saying, in my career, I was like always on my shit, so to speak. I was, you know, top of the game all the time. She was like, but in my off time, I was a wild girl. That was also me. I completely identified with that. Those mm-hmm. people who may watch this that served with me or who know me from my time in service will go, mm-hmm, she's not lying. Mm-hmm. That was a wild girl. <laughs> always very sweet, always very nice, always did my job to the best of my ability. In fact, I got a letter of commendation from mm-hmm. the captain um, of the command on my last day of service. Mm-hmm. Um for exemplary performance, I always got my medals, you know, but it came close a few times. We'll just say we I had, had a some, lot of fun. We, we had some, obviously, it's all guys. We had something in the Marines called Naked Bar. If you're <laughs> in the bar, you're all drinking or in the pub. And if someone shouts Naked Bar, everybody's going to get butt naked. Laugh, <laughs> With a bunch of guys. Everybody, it doesn't matter who's in the pub. <laughs> As long as you're a Marine, you get butt naked and then you just stand there carrying and drink. And the last person to get naked buys all the drinks for the night. <laughs> <laughs> that got people in trouble. That was in the press one time. I you know, bet. <laughs> I you, you think of some shady walks in the pub and goes, <laughs> <laughs> to get out. Yeah. And all that thing. Wow. <laughs> Incredible. Oh my gosh. Well, definitely you get a twisted sense of humor also serving in the military. So pretty dark. A lot of people don't get it. Um, Mm. Why you think certain things are funny that might seem inappropriate or just we'll say inappropriate. So um, that was another takeaway I had from the military. Did you have the same experience? Yeah, yeah. you do have your, because you have to, if you're dealing with trauma and certain things, it's yeah, even the first time this guy, he stepped on a mine, or IED, and he lost both his legs. And we're sounding off who's okay, and then someone said, oh, like the Terp interpreter. He's not standing. Why not? He's got no effing legs. Ah! Oh. <laughs> He's going to have a hard time doing that, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> find his legs, pick him up, and bring them back with us. Oh, mate, but you're not going to step there again, are you? Oh, <laughs> and that's and that's military. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a perfect summation of the dark humor that we yeah. all walk away with that most yes. people would think was terrible. Um, I love being a veteran. I'm so glad that you got to share Veterans Day with us, Simon. Thank you thank so you. much for coming on today. Um, I'm going to put you in the green room so we can okay. wrap up the show. But if you can stay, we'll say a proper goodbye. Uh, otherwise, I totally got it and I will see you soon. Gloria, did you want to say something to Simon? Yes, Simon, thank you for sharing your, ex- your story and I admire you a lot for what you did and thank you for you doing that because I would not do that for sure. (laughs) 
thanks for having me. And um, thank you. Um, yeah, allow me to share my experiences. Awesome. Okay. We'll see you again soon on Hot Topics Live, sweetie. Bye for right. now. Bye bye. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was getting story. tired when he was describing the story and imagine me like the way he was describing the, the, the blue, it was going blue. Like, mm -hmm. oh my God. Oh my gosh, girl. I know. I, I mean, I did not have to, like, admittedly, we did a lot of runs. We did a lot of things. Nothing that was that hard for me personally. Right. I did not do that. Right. <laughs> so um, I could feel, but I can feel the pain. And I saw the guys doing it like on the, the base, you'd always see the guys running around in their little shorts and you know that they were training to be a seal. So, <laughs> so yeah, awesome. it's, it can be, it, the training is tough, but I think even more than um, physical, it's the mental. That's the thing about the military. It's, it creates mental toughness through your body. Because they use your body to make your mind stronger. That makes sense. Yes. So anyway, before we wrap up, yes. Gloria, uh -huh. today is so special. Yes. And I could not think of anyone else to have here with me today for this episode of Hot Topics Live because it is actually the day that we did our first interview together ever on Instagram. And you interviewed me about being a veteran for Veterans Day. And it was so much fun that we decided to create Hot Topics Live. <laughs> yes, I remember that. Like today, I remember telling you, yeah, you know what? The Veteran Day is coming. You are a veteran. Let me interview you. Let's have fun. <laughs> and we said, and we had so much fun. We we're like, we should do that again. And I was like, let's, let's do another show. And then we thought about what we were going to call it. And we came up with the title and we said, we're going to have fun. We're not going to make it any real structure. We're just going to do it to hope, hopefully help people feel better and to connect with amazing souls on this planet and share their light with the global community because Hot Topics Live is a global show, of course. And um, and and now I don't even know, like we're well, we're almost probably by 200 episodes. And I think so. Yeah. I, yes. Yes. <laughs> it's been such an amazing journey. And um and this is the day that Hot Topics was born, but it's not the day of our first episode No, as Hot Topics. So it's not quite our anniversary yet, but it is kind of because I think it's next week. <laughs> so. Yeah, because we start like a right away and yeah. then the <laughs> pandemic started. And so we just said, you know, let's, let's feel our time being mm -hmm. in close to just mm -hmm. talk about it. I talk about Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. And I think that's so important. So before we wrap it up, I just want to say I love you so much. Thank you. Thank you love. so much for coming on this journey with me and creating this show and coming back, even though I know you're busy and your life is crazy and just still being available to spread your light on this platform. Thank you so much, honey. No, thank you, Kia, for everything. You know, it was very beautiful. Um, like what you did, like you remember, I didn't even, I didn't even remember you know because i have my head all over and then we, you, you told me that i said of course and then like wow that's beautiful that she remembers what where we, when we started how we started because a lot of people start you know things with people and they don't care and they disappear and 
that you're not. You're not selfish and I love that. Mm. And you invite me and honor me that I, I create this with you. And I'm so glad that you did that. And thank you. It was made my day today. <laughs> I'm so glad you were here. So thank you for sharing. I know that you changed your Instagram. So I put yes. it here <laughs> so that everyone can come and follow you on Instagram and remember to do that. Um, and I also had up earlier where you can listen to Unbreakable Life with Glory. And, and let's talk a little bit before we wrap about um, the bilingual show, The Gloria. Well, the bilingual show, The Gloria, right now is going only in Spanish on Wednesdays, uh, 8, 8 a.m. And why I'm not doing it in the English? Because I have a lot of things going on that I cannot add another show yet. Mm -hmm. So in 22, when things are calm down, then I'm going to start with the Spanish, English version. But right now, I'm, I'm so happy working with the Spanish. And every time it's one thing involved to another thing. And I'm so happy doing it. And I know probably uh, God wants me to be able to talk in Espanol and, and, and be, you know, doing what we do, I'm doing now. I was going to say that. I was going to say that um, it is probably what is needed because yes. a lot of the topics that you discuss are um, are new in the community, you know? So um, I think it's really critical for you right now to be doing, like you're doing a mission. You're, you're sharing and enlightening souls that um, may never, may not have ever heard of some of the topics that you're bringing to the yes. forefront with some of the types of guests that you interview. And even with my limited Spanish, <laughs> I like <laughs> to <poquito>. tune in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I like to, I like to tune in because it actually does kind of help me like reestablish my ear from living in Miami. Um, I was getting so good at it. And now that I don't, I'm terrible at it again. So it reminds you of you know, words and you start to get better if you listen. And, and you know what, Kia, when I do my show, I also tell people who follows, follows me in, 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 in English, they're, they're, they talk English and they don't know Spanish. I encourage them to see me and look at me to listen because the Spanish that I, I, I talk is very beautiful and clean. And not because I am like that. It's because my, where I come from, the Spanish is very pure and we use the, the exact, you know, the sad words, we don't have slang on, on the communication. So my English is very, very, and my Spanish is very, very pure. So that's, you know, that's good for somebody that wants to learn Spanish. They can see my show and get used to, to the word and, and the things that, you know, the way I speak. I think it is beautiful. And I know that you're helping a lot of people. So I love it. And I'm so proud of you Thank to you. see you um, continue doing what you do and being amazing and just like um, continuing to do your shows and help people. And you know what, Kia, today is a better day, but I also am becoming a better a for, for, for life because I've been through a lot of traumas and stuff, you know, and I'm, mm -hmm. I'm keeping unfolding and keep being strong mind and keep going, keep going with a big baggage here, but I keep going, keep going, keep going. So, yeah, you do. You are unbreakable. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I love your podcast, Unbreakable Life with Glory, Thank because you. teaching people that resiliency and teaching mm -hmm. them, you know, to keep going is such a beautiful thing and it's your gift. And I'm so glad you're sharing it with the world. And I just love you so much. <laughs> 
Oh, it's been such a pleasure. And um, thanks, Angeline, for tuning in. Thank you hey. for wishing me a happy Veterans Day. <laughs> I love you. We will get together all again soon. I'm just trying to give <laughs> to you the verbal abuse <laughs> for the verbal to finish the verbal abuse series. But I just want to give you because you have so much going on. I just want to give you room yes. to get something off your plate. Yes. And before we add something and believe me, honey, I need to get some stuff off my plate <laughs> before I add some more stuff in too. But Angeline, you and I will definitely come back and um, finish that series and then start on the money series. Okay. Yes. So, yes. and we'll do that next and it'll help hopefully a lot of people. So anyways, with that, it's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in, George and Angeline. It's always a pleasure to see you and everyone who's been watching. Um, don't be shy. Put your comments in and we'll include them in the show. If you have made it this far, then you are part of our soul tribe. Just admit it. So, <laughs> so go to our YouTube channel and sign up. If you have trouble finding it, just put in Hot Topics Live and Kia, K-I-A. That's my name. That's me. Type that in. You'll see one of our episodes will come up. Go to the channel. Click subscribe. Watch some of the episodes on YouTube. Help a sister out. Okay? There's something for everyone there. I guarantee you, if you look through the episodes, whether it's business or love and relationships or uh healing or whatever you're crypto into. crypto there's something on there that's going to catch your fancy so and do um do follow me on instagram i'm on there um at hot topics live as well as well here let me just put them all up there for you follow me there at any of those places Yes. And um, I got a new photo shoot coming up soon. Oh. The Halloween one went really good. Oh, that was good. Activity I like one. some pictures. Ah, getting better. And the next one is going to be a femme fatale shoot. They all have themes, if you're oh. starting to notice. So the next one is going to be kind of film noir, which is one of my favorite things to watch old black and white movies. So <laughs> I know that George will like it because he's very into old school modeling and things like that. So um, stay tuned for that. But anyways, I love you guys and I'll be back. Um, wait, is next week's Thanksgiving? I'm taking Thanksgiving off you guys. No, really? Next week is Thanksgiving? No, it can't be right. Oh, there must be one more week. Okay. So we'll yes, be back next week. week. Yeah, And I think um, Kaula is going to come host with me. So if you love Kaula, then she'll be back next week. Um, and and you love old movies too. Aw, see? He's so sweet. We have so much in common. <laughs> yep. Yes, one more week. Thank you, Angeline. So we'll be back next week, 3 p.m. Eastern time, 12 p.m. Pacific. If you're overseas, you got to check and coordinate if you want to be a part of the interactive live show like Angelina's. is. Um, otherwise, just catch the replay anytime and or the recorded version on my Hot Topics Live Facebook page or the YouTube channel. I love you. Thank you for watching. See you next week. Bye, Bye -bye. for now.